Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, and welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast. Thank you for spending your time with me today. And actually, it's not just me. So this is going to be a pretty ambitious podcast, and I brought along a little help in the form of one of my favorite people in the whole world. Yes, everybody, it is my daughter. It is my daughter, Katerina. Honey, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name is Katerina, and I'm going to be here on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. So what happened was we were in the car this week, and I was trying to delicately explain the law of attraction to Katerina, and she didn't need me to explain it. And we started having a very interesting conversation about it, and I asked her if she would join me on this podcast on this beautiful Saturday morning. And of course, I said yes, because I've always loved her work, and... I would love to be a part of it. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, That's really sweet. And thank you for this bravery and courage you're showing. Mm, Thank you. So uh, why we're doing this today. So, you know, um, I'm inspired to talk about topics based on what's going on in my life, what's going on in other people's lives. And you all know that, um, well, if you've been listening, you know that um, I came out recently of a difficult health situation. And during that time, I was using the power of intention, which is using your mind and your emotions to create the state you want, to create the reality you want. I was doing that through meditation and through um, managing my thoughts, managing my emotions. And that got me through what could have been a very, very difficult time with surgery and recovery. Um, And it got me through it beautifully, like beautifully. So I did manifest healing. I am all clear. I'm working out. I am healed. And life is good. But once I came out of that, then my brain had time to notice other things. And it was um, getting out of the practice of conjuring blissful feelings and thoughts. Mm, And... Instead, it started noticing, hey, you haven't worked in a while. Hey, you don't have a lot of corporate clients. Hey, you need to get some money. You need to, you need to work harder. Your website isn't done. Like All these things it started noticing, and I realized I need some help. I need to go back to my teachers, and so I picked up Dr. Wayne Dyer's The Power of Intention. Amazing, amazing book. Hadn't read it in over a decade, and then I also picked up my old book, Deepak Chopra's The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire, The Power of Harnessing Coincidences. So these have been really helpful for me. And then something very interesting happened. So one of the things I have been manifesting, I'm going to use that word and then Katerina is going to talk about it a little bit. Um, One of the things I have been manifesting in my life is a life partner, a soulmate, if you wish. Uh <laughs> and um, I'll tell you what the process is for the, using the power of intention to manifest. Um, but I was following the process. And 
last week I went on a date and it was different than other dates I've been on because it resonated so deeply and it felt so similar to what I have been manifesting. I'm using careful language here because um, I barely know this person. Um, and this was what brought up the topic of conversation with my daughter in the car because I just wanted to share with her that I was having these really unpleasant feelings that one would call having a crush. Yes, I was having a crush. And last week's podcast was all about hoping and wishing and how they are futile and um, unhealthy because they don't, they don't bring up good feelings in you and they don't help you craft your reality. They're all about what you wish would happen and it's not happening. So they're feelings of scarcity and that's what I was feeling with the crush. Mm. Oh, does he like me? And it's will not he... going to get you anywhere. No, no, it's going to give me pain. And it reminded me of being an adolescent again. And so I decided that, that I would share this. I would share this with my daughter. So I'm going to let you talk, honey, in just a second. I would share this with her because she would, she would get it or maybe get it. Or mm, it, thank you. sometime soon she's going to really get it. And, um, and what I was doing instead to manage my thoughts. So, honey, what, what do you want to say about your reaction to my bringing up my crush and um, the question I asked you about manifesting? Well, I mean, if you have a crush and it's basically just wishing that you, they would like you, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Because if you wish something would happen, you're not putting your intention out there. Whatever you believe, you can turn that into your reality. You manifest your own reality. You are in charge of that. If you, be- if you don't love yourself, how is someone else going to love you? If you don't think you are attractive, how is someone else going to be attracted to you? It's all about intention and manifesting the right ideas. And yeah. Awesome. So in a, in a little bit, we're going to talk about... Um, things you've manifested in your life and um, and what my role was in that as well. Um, but first, I just want to explain a little bit about the mechanics. Well, actually, the science behind the law of attraction. Um, if you've seen The Secret or read the book, The Secret, this might have been ruined for you. Um, <laughs> the Secret? Like the... Yeah, there, I don't know. This was before your time, honey. But there I was... think I know what it is. Yeah. Is it like a thing with like the treasure hunt? Uh, yeah, it's like, okay. yeah, if you, if, you, if you imagine it, it will happen. Well, it's really not, that's really not what, hap- what happens. Um, yes, you have to use your imagination, you have to use visualization, but you also have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Like, I can sit around all day imagining my soulmate in mm-hmm. great detail, but if I don't get out in the world, if that's I don't meet happen. people, uh, so my way of doing that was going on online dating because there are literally thousands of people online and sure, I mean, it might happen at the grocery store. I might meet my soulmate there, but I thought I had a better chance online. And in fact, I did meet this person online. So, so forget what you've heard about, about this from weird things. Um, although what I'm going to tell you is pretty weird. Um, this is really mathematically proven based on the research of quantum scientists. And all the way back when Max Planck accepted the Nobel Prize in science. He is a particle physicist, okay? So we're we're talking wonky. We're talking, yeah, somebody who needs data and somebody who is not easily swayed uh, 
without proof. And when he accepted his Nobel, he said, all matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force. We must assume behind this force the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind. This mind is the matrix of all matter. That was said by a physicist, that there is an intelligent mind behind all matter that is creating all matter. Now, some of you call this intention. That's what Dr. Wayne Dyer calls it. Some call it God. Some call it the quantum field. I don't care what you call it, but it exists. And it is a scientifically proven force like gravity. It exists even though we can't see it. We don't doubt that gravity exists. It's been mathematically proven. This force holds every atom together. There is space between every atom. What is magically holding it together? It is the basis for all creation. It is infinite. It is expansive. There is no matter in it. It is where matter is birthed, but there's no matter in it, just consciousness. It has no time. So this is going to be important. There is no future. There is no past. There is only present in this field. And it gets weirder. <laughs> so another, uh, another physicist, Erwin Schrodinger, he was one of the fathers of quantum, me quantum mechanics. And he's most famous for an equation called the Schrodinger equation, for which he received the Nobel Prize in physics in 1933. And I'm going to try and explain this. It's just ridiculous. It's, it, it's <laughs> There's a thought experiment called Schrodinger's cat, which you may have heard of. <clears throat> and in this thought experiment, they have you imagine that a cat, a flask of poison, and a radioactive source are placed in a sealed box. Oh, poor cat. Okay. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> if an internal monitor like a Geiger counter detects radioactivity, which is a single atom decaying, the flask is shattered, releasing the poison, which kills the cat. Oh. Now, the... Uh, interpretation of quantum mechanics implies that, after a while, the cat is both alive and dead. It's back from the dead? No, it's alive and dead simultaneously. <laughs> uh, I know, it's weird. Um, but when you look in the box, you see one or the other. You see the cat either alive or either dead. This is a thought experiment, people. But it's just meant to show you and poses the question of when exactly do all possibilities, which is called quantum superposition, when do all possibilities end and reality collapses into one possibility? The prevailing theory on that is called the Copenhagen interpretation, and it says that a quantum system remains in superposition, that is, all possibilities existing, until it interacts with or is observed by the external world. Oh. So when the scientist, you know, assuming there was a cat, when the scientist looks is when the possibilities collapse into one. Mm -hmm. In our own lives, we can either manifest intentionally with our observations and our visualizations and our intentions, or we can manifest accidentally 
if we don't manifest and use our intention mindfully, we will accidentally attract things we don't want because the way the system works is that like attracts like. So if you are filled with emotions of thoughts and thoughts of anger, you will attract more anger. Dead cat, dead career, dead relationship. If you are filled with emotions of higher vibration, and by higher vibration, I just mean they literally, everything's composed of energy. And emotions like gratitude, love, and bliss vibrate at the highest frequency. Just like the color blue and ultraviolet vibrate at the highest frequency. And anger, or red, which is often associated with anger, is one of the lowest frequency colors. Yes, and exactly. Sometimes anger can be a very low frequency and angry color. But you can always turn that into something different. And that's what I say. You can turn a very negative experience, a very negative thought, into something good. Anger can be perceived as, well, red, and red can be perceived as anger and fury and hate. But it can also be perceived as passion and love. And that's what you have to turn it into. And whatever you put out into the world, like if you do something good, kind, happy, it's going to come back to you, come back to you in threes. And if you put something out that's negative, like hate or anything negative pretty much, it will also come back to you. Almost like karma, but it's almost like getting what you deserve. If you put out good, you'll get back good. If you put out negative stuff, you get back negative things. But the thing is, you have to learn to turn the negative things into positive. Yeah, like alchemy. And that's what we use the STEER model for, is to upgrade. First, you have to notice the thought you're having. Notice what it's manifesting in your body. Um, because stress manifests illness. It manifests cortisol running through our system. Everything has um, an impact, a connection. And love generates oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. So what you pay attention to and what you generate with your mind and your heart and your gut will manifest both in yourself and outside of yourself. And we can feel it in other people. I mean, you know when you step into a room and people have been arguing <clears throat> or if somebody's resentful or mad at you, you can feel their energy. Dogs are super sensitive to this. Um, I put out so much love. <laughs> well, I don't know whether it's intentional or accidental. When I see a dog, I just put out so much love. And they come charging at me with their tails wagging, and they, they just know they're going to get scratched behind the head. They just it's know. Yeah. <laughs> you do the same thing. Katerina is the animal whisperer. People <laughs> will say, oh, no, my dog doesn't like people. And next thing you know, the dog is like in your lap, wagging, getting, getting love. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have amazing energy. Uh, you told me... Thank you. Yeah, you told me at camp this week that you don't understand why the last two camps you have been the target in banana tag. It's pick on Katarina week. <laughs> but it wasn't. These are, you know, young boys who probably think you're cute, but also people who just want to be in your energy and don't know what it is about you, but they, um, they want to be around you. So this force that Max Planck talked about is a benevolent force. And it will, like Katarina said, like attracts like. You didn't say that exactly, but you know, you were talking about that concept. So if you want to attract 
goodness, you have to be congruent with the force, which is love and abundance. And it will give you more of what you have and who you are. So scarcity attracts scarcity. Thoughts of scarcity attract scarcity. There's the old phrase, the poor get poorer. And abundance attracts abundance. The rich get richer. But you can have money and still attract feelings of scarcity if that's what you're putting out in the world. We all know people who have a lot of material possessions. But they're not happy. But they're not happy. And they're attracting um, damaging relationships, um, anger, illness. So let's talk about the how-to of the law of attraction. And then, um, so how to do it. And then Katarina's going to, we're going to talk a little bit about her middle school experience, which we have never actually talked about the selection of middle school, but I have a feeling there was a lot of manifesting going on and intention being used. So first step, first you got to know what you want. Write down exactly what you want in your life. Do you want to live on the beach? You want four bedroom house? Uh, you want a life partner? What's that life partner do for a living? Uh, how old are they? What do they look like? Just write down everything you want, including the emotions you want to feel, right? It's not enough to just have the stuff you want. You have to feel joy, bliss, gratitude, love about the things in your life. I'm not saying that you're going to get those exact things and that it will look the exact same as how you're manifesting it because love and joy comes in many, many different forms. Let's say you wish for a life partner. You could find a dog that's absolutely incredible and you love them so much. Or you could wish for abundance and you could wish for money, but then you could have life abundance. But you will get those things. But just remember that it's not always going to be in that form. Exactly, in the same form. Um, although... I, got, I don't know. This um, person that I've met, it was um, like a couple years older than I was expecting. And I realized, actually, I think it's right at the top of the range, <clears throat> the range that I put. Uh, but I'm sure I'll find something that was not exactly what I had imagined. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, his job. In my mind, I envisioned somebody who loves what they do for a living and helps people. That was what I was envisioning. And that's just what he does. Um, however, I just assumed it would also be somebody who liked running and starting businesses and would be my business partner, but I, I didn't really put that out there. I just kind of assumed, but I didn't put that in the intention. So, mm, yeah. so uh, there you go. All right, so, so how do you do this? If you don't already feel like you have a lot of money, how do you attract more of what you don't have? You have to focus on what you do have, and you have to feel immense gratitude for what you do have. So let's talk about money. I'm sure you have some money. And I'm sure that you, um, because you're, li you're listening to this podcast, you have enough money to take care of yourself. You probably have enough money to put a roof over your head. Um, you probably have enough money to get around town, get where you need to go, and buy groceries. How lucky are you? That's amazing. Way to go, human being, who can take care of your needs because you have enough money. Yay. So... The trick is then to feel like you have enough. And then 
Be receptive and tell this force that you are receptive and willing and would be grateful to accept more of what you already have enough of. That's what the universe delivers you. It delivers what you are, more of what you are, and more of what you have. So if you focus, and remember there is no time in the quantum field, so if you focus on these things as if they are already in your life, I already have the things that I want. And this is where you can call it meditation, you can call it getting quiet, you can call it visualization, but you have to get quiet and you have to imagine these things as if they already exist and you have to feel the feeling. When I was uh, using the power of intention with the My Life Partner exercise, I would literally generate the feeling of being adored and adoring somebody else. Which for me, I don't know exactly how that word is defined, but for me, it was just like a wholehearted, like not just love, but like this feeling of being wrapped up in a blanket of love. That's what adoring felt like to me. So you have to allow powerful positive emotions like love, um, knowingness, and bliss into your body, into your heart. And for a lot of us, that's hard. I know um, for me, when I was growing up, it was a protective mechanism, so I would never get let down. I didn't allow myself to feel feelings. If somebody said, hey, what do you do about stress? I'd say, I never get stressed. Meanwhile, I was really stressed out. Um, I remember I went years without telling my parents I loved them because I was mad at them. And um, I just numbed myself and didn't want to feel feelings. And I'm, I'm not the only one. So I was reading a book by Dr. David Hawkins, amazing book called Letting Go. And he says, we are often unwilling to allow ourselves to feel deeply, so we numb ourselves with distractions and negative thoughts. Yeah. Walls can be hard to build down or break down, but they're not impossible. It takes practice. It takes vulnerability and a willingness. Um, and there is a great meditation by Deepak Chopra called the Heart Sutra. I'm sure other people have done this meditation, but I just love his voice. So the Heart Sutra meditation, um, or just a compassion meditation, a Buddhist compassion meditation, you can just Google these. And, um, or you can just go on a Calm app, and I'm sure they have these. All right, so you're visualizing what you want as if it's happened. You're feeling the emotions as if they're already here. And then you become receptive, and you look for signs. You look for coincidences, and you follow those leads. You have to follow the breadcrumbs and act as though you are already the person you want to be. So if you were at your ideal weight, how would you walk? You'd probably stand tall, shoulders back, pride, joy. Carry yourself like that. Next time you walk, that's what, it's, that's what it means to act as though you are the person you want to be. It doesn't mean um, if you uh, want to be abundant with money that you should go and spend a lot of money, but it does mean that you can have that confidence and that generosity and, you know, I have a practice of just giving, a, keeping a stash of dollar bills in my console of my car and giving to every person I see on a corner. And, or at least if I, if I can slow down enough, giving it to every person I see on the corner. And that's my way of acting from a generous place, a place of abundance to tell the universe, hey, I've got enough money and I'm going to keep it flowing and I'm going to use generosity and, um, and this feeling of abundance. So I'll be rewarded with more. 
Can we talk about middle school a little bit? Sure. So just for context, Katerina went to public school her whole life until fifth grade. And then we had to, we moved. So we were not in an area and neighborhood that was in a great school district. And so I started exploring private schools. And that process can be pretty daunting because these schools typically take less than 10 kids every year and they've got like 100 applicants. So it was very easy for me to get stressed about this process and worry about her and imagine the school I least wanted her to go to. I could imagine her getting into that school and I had to really work on not letting her see my struggle. And, and through this process, at least to me, you looked so mellow. Even when you had to get tutored to take that test on things that you had never studied before, um, math that was at a different level than you, you just seemed like you had an equilibrium. And then you ended up getting into a school that wasn't even on my radar. It was like a last minute, your dad came in and applied to the school, and, um, and I didn't think we'd get in. And we did. So something was going on with you and with your dad around manifesting this. So yes, what do you want to say about it? Well, my dad very, very much so wanted me to get into the school. And at first I had my doubts, but now that I've been there, it's really, I enjoy it quite a bit. I love it very much. But during the whole process of applying to these, all these different schools, you could say I was a little stressed in the beginning because, I mean, I was leaving my old school where I had been for six years with people I had known for six years. And that was quite daunting since I wasn't going to go to a school with any people I knew. So at that point, I just started to think, well, how could I not be completely stressed and overtaken by this? And I said to myself, well, it's not going to help at all if I just am constantly stressed and don't know what to do with my time. So I decided to manage it as best as I could. And I just thought about getting into a good school with good people and good teachers. And here I was thinking about it and I achieved it because I didn't allow myself to think, oh, I'm not going to get into a good school. It's going to be terrible. Sure, every now and again I had my doubts, but everyone does that. I mean, going into middle school is quite a change from elementary school, which you've been at for so long. And it can be a hard transition, but at that point, you have to realize it's going to work out. And if you don't think that, how is it going to? So you ended up getting into nearly every school, um, all but one that we applied to. And I noticed, which was just amazing. I mean, the day... <laughs> The day I opened the computer and got that, I, I, I can't even describe the feeling that I had. It was shocking. It was, and then I started laughing. I just started laughing, a joyful laugh, and also at the absurdity of me worrying about this. <laughs> um, and you just had an equilibrium about you the whole time. And I could see the teachers at the open house, I could see them reacting to you and your energy and your ease and your inner confidence and warmth that came through. And you were just, uh, there was an equilibrium. You weren't trying too hard. You were just being yourself. Um, 
but also trying new things. Like you even volunteered to do a math exercise in the front of the room with the teacher. That like, was terrifying. <laughs> you did it. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. You did it. Um, it was so beautiful. And then we go to the school, the Hail Mary school that we went to at the very last minute. And you just glowed. It was like I did. you wanted to be there. The teachers loved you. You were so present. You were so fun. And you answered all these questions. It was like, it was like the topic they brought up about the Roman Empire was perfectly made for you. Because uh, the thing is, I like to watch very random short documentaries about very random things in history. And it turned out I had recently watched one on that exact topic. The universe is your friend. The universe is definitely your friend. Um, you are attracting a lot of wonderful, good things in your life. Um, and I have to say, on the day your dad and I had to be interviewed, this was the only school that interviews parents, on the day we had to be interviewed, um, I didn't know what mood he was in, um, but we both ended up having a very similar mood of just being a conduit to share how amazing you are. Mm-hmm. And it was very genuine. It was like a love fest. And it was not, we didn't, there was no play acting. There was no pretending. Um, you know, we didn't claim that you were a perfect child. Um, but there was just. I'm not. Well, nobody, nobody is. Exactly. But we were just real. And the, you could just feel the love coming off of us. And then, you know, you could see you bouncing around outside with, having so much fun um but you had your choice I wanted you I had envisioned you going to another school I was using my power of intention for you to go to a different school that I recognize now wasn't the the right school for you because the one thing I wanted above anything for you was a small classroom and I have to say the one school you chose has the smallest of them all has the smallest classroom possible and every other school, even the one I was intending you to get in, would have had a large classroom. Yeah. And then at that point, I was thinking about, well, I have these choices. Which one should I get into? Or I had gotten into them, but what was I going to choose? Because they were all great schools, and I wasn't really used to these tiny little private schools. So I thought, well, what should I do? So I knew what I wanted, and I knew I wanted small classrooms, good people, and overall good teachers, and maybe even a great campus if I could find one. And none of them really had that. I mean, one kind of did, but it had quite a large classroom. And then the other one that mom really wanted me to get into, or at least the one I think she's talking about, was very much so a city school. And... I would prefer something more in nature, almost more rural. And this other school that we had gotten into so last minute, it had everything that I had intended and everything that I had wished for. and Not wished for, no, that I had manifested. Yeah, and now you have a garden with animals and, uh, well, it has vegetables, but you really just care about the animals. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the bunnies and the chickens, and um, you're just thriving. You're just thriving. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up, just as a reminder, so the how-to of manifestation. So our school thing was a little messy <laughs> in how we did it. Um, 
but it ended up working down, working out. So the first thing to do is know what you want and write it down. Uh, Dr. Joe Spinoza, who wrote uh, Becoming Superhuman and many other books, um, then has you give a code for it. So, you know, school would be like an S. You could just have this S and these two wavy lines around it um, to signify like the quantum field. And then it's a short shorthand for all the things you've written you want in the school. Same with a relationship. You could have an R. And then when you close your eyes, you can just imagine this R and then feel all the feelings that you would feel when this relationship, this particular relationship that you're manifesting is in your life. Um, and you have to imagine that it's already in your life because it is in some universe, in some place in time, it already is in your life. So you write it down, you meditate on it, you visualize it, you have complete confidence, you have to banish doubt. Every time, you're gonna feel doubt, you're gonna wonder. Um, you have to, like Katerina said when we start this, um, notice you're feeling the doubt and then switch to complete, total confidence. Now you cannot predict when this is going to happen. You cannot say, I, I'm going to have my relationship this year. You know, what if he's not around this year? What if he's on a European world tour or something? Um, <laughs> Let the universe bring it in in the right time. So you have to manage your thoughts, manage your emotions, allow beautiful, heartfelt emotions to come into your body. And to do that, one of the best ways, uh, besides like having a mantra um, or doing a meditation, is music. <laughs> music. So there was a particular song. It's by the band The Score on their Atlas album. It's just the last, I think it's the last track. Um, and oh my gosh, where, where You Are, that's what it's called, mm, Where yes. You Are. And it's really about this. It's about manifesting your person. And <laughs> it doesn't have all of the, the things exactly down, um, but it's got such a great beat. And when I am working out up at the gym, we have a gym that has windows that overlook a pool and a beautiful canyon and nature and hills. And I'm in utter bliss, sweating out, listening to this song, manifesting this relationship. I've been doing that every day for like the past month. And maybe I've manifested my person, maybe not. Uh, you know, some, I'll be keeping you, in, keeping you um, informed about this. But here's the thing. You have to be detached from the outcome. So... I am not going to force this relationship to be something it's not. I'm just going to be observant and allow it to happen if it is the, if it is the person I'm supposed to be with. Um, and if it's not, you know what that means? There is somebody even better. It means I'm going to manifest somebody even better than this, and this one is going to give me clues. So whatever, it's, whatever it is, it's beautiful. And if nothing else, I have a new friend and a new salsa partner. So they can salsa. Yeah, they I don't know. know that. He even knows my teacher. Yeah, he's in awe of my teacher. He said that guy, that guy has the best footwork in town. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh wow. I know. It's crazy. All right. So if you want to learn to manage your thoughts, so you attract awesomeness into your life. I'm excited to say my site is live. Worklifebrilliance.com. That's with a dash. Work dash lifebrilliance.com. And now you can get my best tools for upgrading your thoughts, managing relationships, um, changing habits. It's all in a self-driven online course. 
and it's only $99. I spent that much on shoes this week. Um, I mean, <laughs> Kettering is getting this look in her eyes. She loves my shoes, but you're 12. You can't wear high heels yet. <laughs> no, can't. All right. So thank you, darling, for joining me and for being so awesome and having such awesome energy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, and I just want to tell them our other song, Forgetting in Bliss. What is this? Oh, you know. So um, Kettering and I have happened upon a station. Well, actually, I created the station in Pandora. (laughs) And it is based, do you remember the name of the song? Yeah, it's the 80s song. Is that the one? Yes, it's based on the song Let's Groove by Cool and the Gang. Um, If that doesn't get you feeling blissed out, (laughs) well, then go search for another song. But I'm going to ask you to just uh, give it a try. Go and um, Google Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and you'll thank me later. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye. Wait, don't go yet. I almost forgot. I have an announcement. If you would like me to coach you on this podcast, we'll keep your identity a secret if you'd like that. If you'd like to consider doing that, please send an email to me, denise at brillianceinc.com. That's brilliance and then inc.com. And send me um, the situation. What is the situation you would like to feel better about? And I will coach you on this podcast. We'll record it and I'll let you know when it's going live. I'm going to be picking from the situation that I think Uh, people will most benefit from hearing, most relate to, and most benefit. And here's the thing. When people listen to you getting coached, they're not thinking about you. They are thinking about how this applies in their own life, and they are self-coaching. So not only will you get help and freedom and peace, but everybody listening will too. So um, send me that. And the other quick announcement is worklifebrilliance.com is live. There's a dash in work life, work-lifebrilliance.com. And on there, you can get my audiobook. You can get the free Break Stress Now download, um, working on some other cool things. But the coolest thing right now I want to tell you about, if you want uh, to apply the tools that I talk about in this, con- in this podcast, if you want tools to apply to your life and workbooks to help you do it, videos, audio, it's all there. It's self-paced, and it costs less than a pair of shoes, and you will have the tools you need to upgrade your life. So please go check it out. If you don't like it, if you don't find it valuable, you can return it, or you can get a full refund. So no big deal there, no commitment. I just want you to feel better. I want you to feel brilliant. All right, thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise... Join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.